0: And as promised, he is back for his weekly visit, our friend Dr. John Douglas of Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC, and joining me, my friend Jayla Sanchez-Warren, who runs the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Government. Very important for us, very important for seniors in your life, and you can give them a call if you need some help. Jayla, everything good? It's good. Yeah?
1: It's busy, but it's good, and there are a lot of challenges right now, but what we're concerned them.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of challenges. That's why weekly we're blessed to have Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health visit us, formerly with
2: the CDC. And, Dr. John, are things just a little nuts for you, too? Things are, uh, things are a little nuts, yeah. But, they're, <laughs> you know, it's mostly good nuts because it's nuts over the vaccine, which, is again, continues to be promising, albeit confusing. Uh, so we're, uh, I'd rather be dealing with that than with uh, some of the other nutty things we've had in the past.
0: Oh, let's not even bring up the other day. I I can't. That to me sounded like it looked like a science fiction movie. So let's talk about uh, the shots. Is it true that the governor lowered the uh, age from like 75 to 70 now for those to get the the COVID shots and moved them up into a different bracket?
2: Yeah, the governor made an announcement last Wednesday, uh, uh, which, which surprised all of us in public health because we didn't know he was going to announce it then, that folks over the age of 70... We're now um, or 70 and above, 70 and above, we're now considered to be part of phase 1B, and we we have these phases because we don't have enough vaccine to give it to everybody right away. So we've tried to indicate I say we being the larger public health enterprise, but the governor's really the one calling the shots, has outlined you know who's at the first of the line, who's next in line, et cetera, et cetera. Phase one is supposed to be done through the winter. And phase one was high-risk healthcare care workers, those in hospitals or those who were dealing with COVID patients in outpatient settings, as well as residents and staff of long-term care facilities. Now, the hospitals were mostly doing the first group, and there's a partnership with CVS and Walgreens to do the second group. Um, and that's gotten a little bumpy because they had to, we had to be allocated a sufficient amount of vaccine for them to go out and start doing that. Um, that has started, although the governor made some comments yesterday that the state felt it hadn't gone quite as quickly as they'd like and they were trying to do what they could to accelerate that. Now that's all phase 1A. Phase 1B is, is the group that the folks 70 and above got added to and Originally, that was other kinds of healthcare workers besides those ones with direct COVID patient contact, first responders, um, and that was that was that group. To to that group, he added people over the age of seventy and frontline essential workers in a variety of different sectors, including teachers, but many others in addition to that. Um, There was a lot of confusion last week when he made that announcement. Everybody thought, hooray, I can get my shot tomorrow. And the problem was there was neither enough vaccine nor were there enough providers set up to do that. So I'm sure we all know friends and neighbors who are in that 70-year-old and older category who went, you know, how do I do this? Um, We've been answering lots of phone calls. We just put out some information last night to try to clarify what is still an evolving situation. We don't yet, there's estimated to be, I think, 560,000 people in the state over the age of 70. And we're only getting about 50,000 doses a week that we can use for anybody besides the folks in long-term care facilities. And you got to add into that about 150,000 more folks that are in the other medical care category. So quickly you begin to see the math is, this week, next week, the week after, there's not enough for everybody. And so we're trying to both get enough vaccine in incrementally for everybody, and we're trying to get enough providers to give the vaccine for everybody. Now, right now, the big healthcare systems are uh, apparently standing up patient portals. So if you've been seen at Anschutz, or you've been seen at any Centura Hospital, or you've been seen at any Denver Health Facility, and you're in that over 70 age group, you should be able to be at least assigned an appointment, although that's a work in progress. We also have some pharmacies, although I don't have a master list of that right now, and we also have some community health clinics that are beginning to create appointment slots for folks 70 and above. So it's been uh, very confusing and frustrating for our friends and neighbors 70 and above I'm hoping the uh, we're going to get a little more clarity and uh, organization over the next week or so. So I guess the hey. big message is the vaccines are really good. It's confusing. Please be patient. It's going to be coming soon. All right, Jayla, you got a question,
1: Doctor John? Yeah. Well, uh, 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 I'm asking. For- um, you know one of the things that a lot of a lot of people who are making these decisions haven't considered is how folks are going to get there and we are getting lots of calls already um, from people who don't drive um, and how do we see you know how do we get them vaccinated um, so we're getting uh, I, I i'm encouraging um, folks at the governor's office to really think about that the next level of You know, the transportation service. And so, um, generally, if you, uh, if you're a social worker and you're trying to set an appointment for someone and you need, uh, you have someone who doesn't drive, uh, you call the area agency on aging and that's fine. But our provider base is down pretty significantly. So we are Mm -hmm. scrambling to try and get systems in place so that we can provide. We think about out of that. 567,000 folks. About 10 to 15 percent don't drive, um, mm-hmm. and so how are we going to do that? Right? And how are we going to help those most frail get through those lines that are still at home? Um, you know, can they come in on the bus? Uh, so there's two people on a bus. Can they sit there? And 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 can the uh, can people can a nurse give them the the vaccination and just let them sit in the van so that we don't have to take them all the way through the maze of a a gymnasium that might be giving these shots. I see there's a lot of logistics to think about, also for someone who pays for those trips, right? We have to, I can't, like a regular doctor's appointment, we would drop the person off and then we would come back and pick them up an hour and a half later or something like that. We can't do that in this situation, so I have to pay for that time that they're sitting there waiting for that person uh, to be, you know, go through that fifteen-minute waiting period. So there's also a lot of community logistics that need to be considered, and I think but, people are forgetting about that.
2: Yeah, these are huge issues, Jill. I really think you're so wise to point them out, and uh, we have a team that's sort of scrambling to meet various issues, and and you've just. Named a critically important one that I'm going to be sure we're thinking about and trying to work with you guys on.
1: I don't have an answer. Yeah, I think this, it's also the moment, outreach but. to that those 75 plus. And remember that who we serve are the homebound outreach or the homebound folks. That's who we serve. So I mean, across the state, people should be working with area agencies on aging because this is what we do all day long, every day. This is right, our yeah. population.
2: Yeah, really excellent points because those folks are home. Those, those folks that are homebound. Or in all likelihood subject to greater complications if they do get COVID. So I think your point's just bullseye critical. Well there are more pressure for you, Dr. John. How about that? Get something yeah, fixed out there. I love it. I love it because yeah. we want well, honestly, I mean all joking you aside Jayla is absolutely right. This yeah, is she is the, this is the group that we've got to be thinking out of the box so we can get protected as soon as possible. So I agree, I, I agree tremendously.
0: Uh, Let's talk about some of the other changes you actually you've made or people you work with, Dr. John, in Tri-County. How about the restaurant? You're starting to open some up. I know people are very excited. The owners are excited. Uh, What was behind some of that decision?
2: So, uh, two things have been happening, Murph. Um, One is that and it's complicated for the average person on the street, but um, a number of counties already, Douglas and Arapahoe is just about to get there and Adams is in planning mode are developing um, a five-star certification program, which could mean anything. But in this case, it means businesses that have got certain criteria they've agreed to meet to keep things safer. That includes indoor dining at restaurants. And once they meet those criteria and are inspected and have confirmed to you know have it all together, they're allowed to have greater capacity. So there are a number of facilities in, in Douglas County in particular that have already gotten that designation and are, are more open. Meanwhile, uh, the governor announced last week that counties that were in the red level of uh, case rates, which is most of the metro area, would be allowed because we really have had a lot of progress over the last uh, five weeks to move into the orange level, and orange means you can have more capacity. That helped a lot of the restaurants out. Um, so we've got restaurants in really all across the metro area as well as other businesses that have greater capacity. What we're really hoping is that that greater capacity uh, doesn't create uh, any kind of post-holiday backlash. Uh, We didn't really see a big spike after Thanksgiving. That was great. Um, There is some concern because Christmas slash New Year's is a longer holiday than Thanksgiving that that could happen, and we want to be now that we've got more things opening in the community, like restaurants, but oh by the, by the way, schools as well. Yes, we we are somewhat concerned. There's going to be a, at least a potential for increased uh, transmission, so we're watching our numbers really carefully. I will say that in the last three days, the numbers have begun to go up. That's concerning. I don't know if that's post-holiday testing. I was having too much fun on New Year's. I decided that I could just ignore my cold or my loss of smell, and now I'm going to get tested, or whether it really represents a true increase in transmission. If it's the latter, then we're going to have to, you know, again, work with the counties closely as to how we try to take steps to control that, because we've got lots of Lots of things happening at the same time, including the vaccination.
1: Does that also include the new variant? Are we seeing um, increased numbers because of the new variant? Do we know?
2: Because Um, At this point, thanks for mentioning a really important topic. At this point, the answer appears to be no. And I will say that Colorado State Lab, who detected the first variant, variant is, is one of the top ones in the country for genetic sequencing which is what you have to do to identify the variant. They get a blue ribbon. Um, They've been looking really hard and are going to be increasing their surveillance to try to see if there are other variants. I'm sure they're out there, okay? The folks that we've identified so far did not just come back from London. At least we have no knowledge of that. So I think there is some sort of transmission going on in the U.S., New York, Florida, California have all reported it. I think a couple of other states have got samples they're evaluating right now. So it is unequivocally not at U.K. levels, but it could change because everything we've heard from the U.K. suggests that it gets transmitted about 50 to 60 to 70% more effectively than uh, the variant we've been used to dealing with, and if, if that begins to take hold, we could see rates begin to increase. So we're not there yet, but we are watching it because you're right. That's another dimension of competition. Yeah, exactly. And how does uh, the current vaccine work against the new variant? Well, the good news is that everything about the way that, that that variant looks, which would suggest that the vaccine works just as well. And we've heard nothing from the Brits that would suggest the opposite of that. Um, some of the treatments that are being used in hospitals, particularly the antibody treatments, like the president got back in early December, those might not work as well. But at least right now, the vaccine, it doesn't look like something that would evade the vaccine, which is the kind of thing we do also want to keep an eye on.
0: Well, it seems like we're still on top of it. And things have spiked a bit in Colorado. But at least we're showing some positive progress towards a better life a little bit. uh, Thanks to all the research and people like you, Dr. John.
2: I think we are making progress, Murph. And and again, I think, I think the issues as we begin this, what I think will be the year we get out of the pandemic, uh, God willing, um, is number one, to maintain patience. I got to be patient. You got to be patient. All the folks at JLA works with have to be patient. On the other hand, I, the governor used the term fierce urgency yesterday, and I feel a fierce urgency to try to optimize the, the vaccine that we've got and to try to get as much more of that as we can to help accelerate the progress. I also have a fierce urgency that we need to be patient about things like mask wearing and social distancing because we're not quite ready to give those things up, especially if there's a variant or a mutant virus lurking in the wings.
0: Good idea, John. Good, good way to end it, too. Keep those masks on and just be patient to get your your COVID-19 shot. Dr. John Douglas, Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC. We appreciate your time with us each and every weekend on No Cold Pay Radio, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Murph, Jayla, great to be with you guys. Happy New Year. Yep, you too. You too.
1: Happy New Year.
0: Thank you very much. Dr. John Douglas, Tri-County Health, Forum with the CDC, Jayla Sanchez-Warren from Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Governments Area Agency on Aging. Appreciate you being on Mile High Magazine. Appreciate you guys listening. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next weekend.